Looking to tailgate this summer? Stop by One Stop on the way. One Stop number 6, located just one mile west of East Versailles at 2748 West Mountain Street in Kernersville. One Stop serves fresh fried chicken and our famous caters seven days a week from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. Feeding a crowd? Get 16 pieces of chicken inside for just $27.99. Craving wings? Come try our new spicy breaded wings. Get a five-wing meal with six taters and a roll for just $7.39. Now in regular hot ranch or spicy. One stop number six, 2748 West Mountain Street in Kernersville. You deserve to get good service and great rates. At State Farm, we get it. And we're here to help because with every State Farm policy, you get good neighbor service and you get surprisingly great rates. So what are you waiting for? Get going and talk to a local State Farm agent about your surprisingly great rates today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Individual premiums will vary by customer. All applicants subject to State Farm underwriting requirements. When you want the real deal, call State Farm agent Susanna Nunn in Kernersville today. Are you looking for the next best soul food spot to please your palate? What if I told you there's one right under your nose? Welcome to Taste of the Triad, located in the old Bell Brothers Cafeteria, location at 4320 Old Walkertown Road in Winston-Salem. Authentic Southern comfort food in a family atmosphere. At Taste of the Triad, you can have Sunday dinner anytime. Mm, baked chicken, fried chicken to order, the best meatloaf in the Triad, ribs, baked mac and cheese, and more. Check out Sunday Smackdown with beef and pork ribs, smoked turkey legs, collard greens, yams, and much more. Are y'all hungry yet? Did I even mention the live music on Sundays? Comfort soul food in the heart of the Triad. Taste of the Triad. 4320 Old Walkertown Road in Winston-Salem. Check out the menu at tasteofthetriad.com. This is LaMelo Ball, and you're listening to Tobacco Road Sports Radio on WWBG 1470 AM. Your home for Hornets basketball in the triad. This should be played at high volume. Welcome to Out of Pocket. Here's your host, Michael Davis. Welcome to Out Pocket with Michael Davis on Tobacco Road Sports Radio, TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com, WWBG 1470 AM, and we are live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, wherever else we're streaming on Tobacco Road Sports Radio's channels. I'm your host, Michael Davis, for Out Pocket with Michael po- Davis as part of your TGI Friday lineup, and we got an excellent show for you today. It is a packed episode so i'm not going to waste a lot more time we're being produced by desmond johnson behind the scenes he's been working his tail off and we get we got a good time in friday afternoon and so we're welcoming in carson williams carson made a lot of noise this week carson how are you feeling right now uh i am on cloud nine right now i am feeling really really good with myself (laughs) i cannot lie (laughs) i don't know how you're feeling about cloud nine after seeing some of the hate comments we've been getting on uh instagram late recently you know they interacted they did they did and we'll, we'll touch on that here in just a second and we're also welcoming back into the show mr henry wilcox henry what is up my guy not much i'm excited to see you mike uh glad to be back on the show it's been a bit but uh love making appearance Love making an appearance. We already got the Carson Knights in full force. Woo! Or maybe she said who? Who knows? Who <laughs> knows? But uh, you guys, it's very interesting because if you guys haven't followed us yet, we are on Facebook. We are on Instagram. Our Instagram at alpocket underscore TRSR. And we, we've posted a few things. We've posted a few clips from our show that you can watch live on Facebook and YouTube. You can engage and interact just like Shelby did on the screen right there. But we had an issue. I don't know if you can call it an issue where Carson Williams said take on Nikola Jokic last week. And hopefully he has enough Carsonites taking over this panel (laughs) because Carson, that reel actually hit 10,000 views as of just, literally a few minutes ago before we went Mm -hmm. on the air 
And your take last week, if anyone missed the show, they can go back and watch it. But your take was Nikola Jokic might be the greatest offensive player ever. Is Are you sticking by your guns or are the yeah. hate mail taking you away? <laughs> no, no, no. I uh, I welcome the hate. You know, you, you interact, you share, you, you get it out there. So I appreciate it. Keep hating. Uh, but no, I appreciate I appreciated you, Michael, on how that you how you phrased that take because it seemed like a lot of people got a little confused. Uh, I said might be he is entering the conversation for greatest offensive player ever, uh, and I completely stand by that. But a lot of people thought that I was saying is the greatest, or at least it looked like in the comments, um, and I don't think that. But give him three years if he wins another MVP, if he wins this championship and maybe one more, then yeah, he, he could be the greatest. I mean, I'm just saying that he is opening that door and if he continues on his current trajectory, he will end up the greatest offensive player ever. And and I've been interacting with the uh, comments on Instagram and Facebook best I can trying to keep up with everything. It's amazing how that blew up. And again, (laughs) over 10,000 views as of a few minutes ago. And I'm honest, like, Embiid shouldn't have won the MVP this year. No. Jokic should have three-peated. I mean, voter fatigue is a real thing in the mm-hmm. NBA. They, they just gave Joel Embiid his due, and we're seeing as the playoffs have played out who the actual most valuable player for their team actually was. And, Henry, you're, you're kind of on the fence right here. I mean, are you, are you going to say that Carson's take for Jokic was in pocket or out of pocket? I would say it's out of pocket, but I agree with it. Uh, it like out of pocket generally. And I think maybe not best all time right now, but I think what he's saying with the trajectory that Jokic is taking, I think that it is so rare that we see a center that puts up points and assists and like all of like the crazy stats like Vorp or whatever they are support him. And that's what we see with Nikola Jokic. Not only that, but the fact that we see him literally like their team plays better when he's not the one scoring the ball. That's insane, and he's the best player on that team, unquestionably. But he's better when he's passing out, and he is this crazy Magic Johnson type, but possibly, honestly, better uh, at passing, which is one of the craziest things that I can say on this podcast. Uh, But I I don't disagree with him. I think there is definitely some question because he is unproven. I think if he gets a ring this year, that is a serious conversation. Uh, like you have to talk about him in those top, like this probably moves him into like top 25 all time, like competing with Giannis uh, in terms of rankings, which is insane to me, mm-hmm. but when you really break it down. I mean, what do they both have if he wins a ring and probably finals MVP, two MVPs and a finals MVP and a ring. Uh, not only that, but also, I mean, there's the question of Giannis having a defensive player of the year. So I think that may put him over. But there's no offensive player of the year. It's mostly just the MVP. Uh, but yeah, and 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 that's a good point. Is like if Jokic actually played for a team like the Lakers or the Celtics, he's immediately put in that conversation, even mm-hmm. without a ring or any of these MVP. Like he is in that conversation. But because he plays in Denver, he's not getting the love that he once had, and. Speaking of love, the second highest viewed reel on our page is Henry making a comment. This is honestly why I brought you on, Henry. This this is why it's been so long. Because I'm about to let you admit that you were way out of pocket when you were giving me a hard time just two, three months ago when Kevin Love was available for Miami. And you're like, you want Kevin Love on your team? You want Kevin Love? Really, Michael? You that desperate? You want go get, you better go get Mason Plumlee or something. Uh, you, you ready to admit the feet? I'm going to tell you right now, Michael. There's one thing that I will never change my mind on, and it's just that Mason Plumlee is a phenomenal player. I will say Kevin Love is a great – he was a good pickup. I will admit my fault there. I love to see Miami doing what they're doing. I'm praying every day that they will beat the Boston Celtics. I want to see them lose more than anything. But I just have to say right now, yes, I would still prefer Mason Plumley over Kevin Love on that one. Because Mason Plumley has the greatest bag of all time. And whether or not I mean that, I'm going to say I mean that. Uh, 
Have you seen his highlight reel? I, I, I'm yeah. a I'm a Duke guy, and I'm not even taking Plumley over yeah. Kevin Love. That's something um, I haven't wanted to see. Is his highlight reel? <laughs> you, check it out. Check it out. He's like two steps below Nikola Jokic. <laughs> okay. Okay. We'll we'll we'll, we'll move Big forward steps. before we get more hate mail in the comment section you can interact with us on facebook on youtube as we are live right now not only on those streams but on wwbg 1470 am if henry's not going mid defeat i'm honestly i didn't want to touch on this but i guess we have to because the nba finals matchup is set um also shout out to caleb williams or not caleb williams caleb watson my best friend um another reel that popped off uh here uh yesterday i believe hit over a thousand views he's a hurricanes fan but he had a vegas jersey and it it, it went off for uh, a lot of views too he also created in that top right corner of your no. screen oh yeah top got right. Out of right. Pocket all right, all right. You got <laughs> caleb made that so shout out to caleb and we we were watching caleb and i were watching the Miami Heat and Boston Celtics game last night, expecting the NBA Finals matchup to be solidified. And Miami's dropped two straight. And as a Heat fan, I'm getting concerned. Nobody's ever lost up 3-0. And I think Miami can win game six at home. But if Boston rallies three straight, I'm starting to get really concerned, especially how they played last night. I don't think they looked like the Miami Heat usually do. Uh, Carson, what were your thoughts when you were watching that game? Uh, be very careful, by the way. Uh, <laughs> and where are the odds Boston comes back and wins the series? Well, um, it's it's really hard to say. The game yesterday, I, I've had a hard time deciding if that was kind of a throwaway game for Miami because um, you had some guys who, like Duncan Robinson, played great. Um, I don't remember who that guy off the bench was, but he was a power forward, and and he played great. I think he was number 21 or something. But it looked like Jimmy Butler wasn't all there. Um, and up, like if I was really going to dissect it and everything, I would say that he wasn't really trying to win that game. I think that he wants to win it in game six, and I think they're going to win it in game six. Uh, but there is a lot of cause for concern right now. Uh, you've dropped two straight, so now Boston has momentum – going into Miami, they've already won at, in Miami this this series. Uh, and if they win in Miami, the, they win the series. And I said when they when they were down 3-0, I said that the series was over. But but I, I think it's a different conversation now. If they win, if they win what, tomorrow? Is it tomorrow? Yeah, it's tomorrow night. It yeah, if they, if they win tomorrow night, the series is over. Sorry, Mike. <laughs> I'm rooting for Miami, but but that's how it is. I might call in sick if Miami loses the <laughs> series. Uh, I do not want to watch game one of the finals and have it be the Nuggets and Celtics. Henry, are you giving my Miami Heat a chance? I mean, we're up 3-2. Like, oh, absolutely. not the end of the world. What you fail to realize is that even though I don't like the Miami Heat, there's one team I will always hate the most, and it is the Boston Celtics. Um, I'm getting called. Well... Henry doesn't like the Boston Celtics. So no, I really don't like the Boston Celtics. I apologize. Uh, but in all honesty, I fear the comeback. I see the momentum. I also see the injured list for Miami. Mm -hmm. uh, and I believe it was Gabe Vincent and Kyle Lowry wasn't playing last night. Uh, was Is that – I'm totally blanking. Gabe Vincent uh, was out. Hero was out. Oladipo was out. And we were, we were starting Kyle Lowry. Lowry yeah, played, yeah. but he might as well not have. Yeah, <laughs> it was terrible. Uh, the uh, problem, you 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 see Gabe Vincent coming up. Like two games ago, he scored his career high twenty nine points, uh, or twenty seven. I can't remember. It's, it's killing me. Uh, but yeah, twenty nine. Okay, uh, and I love him. But these role players and these people that are bucket getters that they have had that have gotten this far, who've really showed up, they're hitting the injury list, and they are not as versatile as they once were. And Boston is still looking pretty good, which is terrifying to me because you had people like Highsmith playing last night uh, who love him, never heard of him before. That's um, what I was talking about. Yeah, 
It would. Uh, he, he, he actually played good. He was he played great. Threes. He was awesome. <laughs> he played great. But that's what I'm saying is you have these people show up, but they're not enough. Mm-hmm. Like you have these role players that show up and do great. Like uh, one of the Martin twins, I love wholeheartedly and I want to see him keep playing. He went down pretty rough last night and I was like, oh my gosh, if he stays down, what does this series look like? I still have hope in the Miami Heat, but I see a healthy Boston Celtics team. And if they do lose Miami, I agree with Carson here that there's no way they win in Boston. Uh, yeah. And, you know, these are the times when veterans like Kevin Love really, really come in handy. Uh, you saw it against, you saw it, you saw it against uh, the Nuggets, Tristan Thompson in game four got some played a lot of minutes and he played really good minutes. I mean, he was, he was getting rebounds. He was a leader. You could tell he was playing with heart and, and a team that is low on leadership. Like that's what they need is they need a guy. And especially Miami heat who don't have very good big men outside of bam. I mean, they need somebody like Kevin Love who can come in and he's not going to score a ton of points. He's not going to get a ton of a sense, even though he's a good passer, uh, but but he's just he's going to play hard every every night and and he's going to give you good minutes. So so I think that he's going to be big for the Heat. Uh, I love Kevin Love. I was heartbroken when the Cavs gave him up, uh, but I'm glad to see him on the Heat. And and I'm glad to see him on the Miami Heat too, Carson. I'm glad you uh, mentioned this stuff because. <laughs> I, I, I knew I needed some backup with the Kevin Love take and Henry giving me a hard time a couple months ago. And we do recycle. We we re, we bring up <laughs> receipts here on Out Pocket, which makes us different than a lot of your other sports media content. Uh, Tobacco Road Sports Radio does a fantastic job of being real, being legit. We're not doing like, oh, pocket tapes, just be out of pocket. Like we are saying what we feel and we are sticking to our guns unless mm-hmm. you're Henry and you can admit that you <laughs> were wrong. But looking at the series, uh, hoping tomorrow night that the Heat win, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and say I'm a, I'm a Heat guy. Like it would be awesome to see this team. And you mentioned like Haywood Highsmith, never heard of him, but he drops like, he was like sixty. He, he made like two thirds of his shots. You know, Duncan, you know, getting some points. I think Duncan led the team in points last night. Now I don't mm-hmm. understand why Jimmy only shot like ten shots or whatever. He was like fifty percent of the floor. Kyle Lowry needs to step up. Struess needs to step up. Like mm-hmm. these guys need to be like, hey, we're going to take over and we're not going to let. But dude, in the second half, we just let everything slip away from us. And that was frustrating for me as a Heat fan watching with Caleb Watson, who created the Out Pocket logo, who was our hockey model on our reel yesterday. And you can follow us on Instagram at outpocket underscore TRSR. Carson's a big real guy. Henry's a big real guy. Caleb and myself are big real guys um, after this past week. But we're going to get into a break right now. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the team who actually did make the NBA Finals already, Denver Nuggets sweeping the Lakers. And did that sweep make LeBron James consider retiring after this year, after being blocked at the rim and his season going bye-bye. We're going to talk about that next on WWBG 1470 AM and Tobacco Road Sports Radio, live on YouTube and Facebook on Al Pocket with Michael Davis, right after this break. It's summertime, and that means it's time for the Catalinas. The Catalinas are celebrating their 66th anniversary this year, performing across the Carolinas. Proud members of the North Carolina Music Hall of Fame and the Beach Music Hall of Fame. Go to thecatalinas.net for show schedule and to request bookings. For corporate advertising opportunities, call 336-777-6362. It's the Catalinas. When I think of Mountain Valley Hospice, I think about the caring and understanding. They did so much for me and for my family, comforting me, watching a parent gradually go away. I don't know how we could have done it without them. Here at Mountain Valley, every moment matters. 
Are you concerned that if you passed away today, that your family would be left in a financial bind? Are you concerned that your nest egg is quickly eroding in the stock market? Do you want life insurance, but confused about how to get it and if you would qualify? That's where I come in. My name is Terry Edwards with Secure Financial Partners, and I've been helping families over the last 20 years ensure the things that matter most, your life, your health, and your wealth. Give me a call today, Terry Edwards, 336-416-8327. Again, that's 336-416-8327. Three, two, seven. Your legacy is worth the call. Hey, y'all, Tiny's Mobile Auto. Is your car broke down? Are you stuck somewhere? Do you need a mechanic? You don't want to call a tow truck? Call Tiny's Mobile Auto. He'll come out to you, do your work, whatever you need done, your regular maintenance, or if you broke down on the side of the road, give him a call. All you have to do is pick up the phone and call 336-423-6241. You don't even have to see me. Just let me know what's wrong with your car, and I will come and fix it, y'all. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram, TikTok. I'm on the Twitters. Whatever you you guys need 336-423-6241 as always i'll be seeing you pardon me b dot here and as the voice of the greensboro swarm pa for the hornets and the sixth man of carolina basketball i do it all just like beamer tire and auto alignments new tires nc state inspections oil changes they do it all and with three locations in High Point, Greensboro, and Kernersville, BDOT and BTAR, yes, we do it all. If you need details, visit BeamRetire.com. This is PJ Washington, and you're listening to Tobacco Row Sports Radio on WWBG 1470 AM, your home of the Hornets basketball in the triad. Welcome back to Al Pocket with Michael Davis on Tobacco Road Sports Radio, tobaccoroadsportsradio.com, WWBG 1470 AM. That's part of your TGI Friday lineup. We're also live on Facebook, YouTube, all our other streaming platforms. Thanks to Tobacco Road Sports Radio. And you can continue to comment, engage with us. Uh, a lot of people are saying they're not worried at all. Ethan Williams, one of those guys. Uh, Pam. Sticking up for uh, Ethan right there with the online hate they garnered from his 10,000 view reel from last week's episode. And we're we're in the thick of it, guys, with the NBA playoffs. You heard P.J. Washington welcome us back after the break. And the Hornets are not sniffing the playoffs anytime soon. (laughs) And I need to remember what area of the country I'm at, but that's just the reality, especially after not getting Victor Wimbenyama. But the Denver Nuggets are in the NBA Finals. Carson did have the in-pocket or out-pocket take on Nikola Jokic, but Henry, I'm going to start off with you. What was your like overall impressions about the Denver Nuggets after that Los Angeles Lakers series? And are, are you pretty settled on them being the NBA champion, no matter if they face the Celtics or the Heat? I would be worried. Like, I mean, there's no you, you can never control the amount of factors. I believe in them. I believe that they have an incredibly deep team. I believe that Nikola Jokic is, like Carson said, one of the greatest offensive players or talents we've ever seen. Uh, and I think if Jamal Murray or Michael Porter Jr. hold up, they have an incredible roster of role players. And I don't even know if I'd call Aaron Gordon a role player, but he's phenomenal. Uh, and I love watching him play. And I am super excited. And even before the Lakers series, I love the Los Angeles Lakers sometimes. Uh, and I love LeBron most of the time. And so even I was cheer- rooting for them because I love the underdog. But I was uh, I was expecting the Nuggets to win. And I expect them to either win or put up a really, really good fight, like seven-game series in the NBA Finals. And Carson, I know your thoughts on Nikola Jokic already. What, what about the rest of this team? And Henry mentioned Aaron Gordon. I think he's a very undervalued player on this Nuggets team. Well, the Nuggets are full of very undervalued players. I mean, Bruce Brown, Aaron Gordon, uh, Jeff Green can get out there and hit some corner threes. I mean, the the Nuggets are just – the thing that it's going to come down to if the Celtics win is consistency. Um, if the Heat win, then it's just going to be a brawl, and I'm excited about that. But – Boston cannot sit, stay consistent to save their life. And the Nuggets are the pillar of consistency. Nikola Jokic is going to go out there every single night and 
he averaged a triple double, double over the Lakers series. So, I mean, he's going to go out there every night and he's going to give you like 27, 15, and 15, you know? And and Jamal Murray is going to go out there. He's going to hit threes. He's going to hit big shots. He's going to be fourth quarter Jamal Murray that we know him to be. Bruce Brown's going to get out there, play defense. The I, I, you're gonna you have to play perfect basketball to beat the Nuggets because the Nuggets offensively play perfect basketball. Uh, so unless you have a great defense, a great defense, and and you play great offense, then then you're not going to beat them. And I don't think that anybody is. And you brought up Nikola Jokic pretty much could average a triple-double in the NBA Finals. And what did you say, like 27, 15, 15? Yeah, I may, are, make, I may have gone a little high. but Honestly, those are like low numbers for Jokic, especially sometimes. when it comes to scoring. Um, Des, I know they knocked out your Lakers and LeBron, and we're going to talk about LeBron's comments here in a second. Des, what did you think of the Nuggets uh, coming out of that series? I was really impressed. Um to be honest, I I think I've been kind of taking them for granted because they're on the West Coast, so I don't really get a chance to see them very often. Um, same thing with Jokic, too. I've kind of taken him for granted the past couple of years. He probably should have won MVP um, this year uh, over Giannis, uh, especially the way he's playing. I don't know if Carson's reel is that much out of pocket now that I've had like a week to kind of sit on it. And then watching him do what he did, he had about five or six shots in that series where I literally screamed, come on, man, like after it went in, like mm-hmm. literally, like the, he had a couple of one-legged, like 25-foot threes at the, the buzzer, yeah. <laughs> the shot clock. It's like, dude, dude is just hitting everything. It's crazy, and it's not like it's out the blue. He's been doing this for like four years or whatever. So um, I, I feel like the Celtics match up better against Denver. I feel like Miami's kind of here to kind of mess everything up. Um, I don't know if the Celtic team can actually – win two more uh they should be able to but i heard a quote this morning on espn radio that uh out of all the playoff series and everything the celtics have had the past couple of years their 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 biggest rival their biggest opponent is the celtics like in terms of if they show up knowing they're confident and they're going to play and they're going to win more often than not they win the game but when they come out kind of like slow and like they don't know how to flip a switch um and i think people forget their core is still young like jalen brown and Jason Tatum, they're like 24, <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. they've been like seven, eight year vets, but they're still really, they're still basically kids. So, I mean, you still got to learn how to win in the NBA. That hasn't changed. So we'll see what the Celtics can do um, this weekend to try to catch up. And another big thing with the Nuggets, what they do is they just wear you out on defense because like Desmond said, you can play great defense for 24 seconds every time down. And then Jokic is going to hit a one-legged three. Like, it, they get points on every possession. He did it on AD twice. AD twice and LeBron. Yeah. yeah. And both There's, times AD just turned around and looked at him like laughing, like, are you kidding me? Like, yeah. come on, man. Like, There's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do. There's no. nothing you can do about it. So uh, I, I ended up being very impressed with the Nuggets. And uh, that might have been the last time we see LeBron James on a court. Yeah. And, and let's get into that because LeBron made headways this week. And kind of hinted at retiring already. And Henry, I don't I don't imagine LeBron James retiring. And like the last image or visual I have of LeBron James is being swept in the Western Conference Finals by the Denver Nuggets in a Los Angeles Lakers uniform and being blocked at the very end of his career. Like it as much as I hate LeBron, that doesn't sit well with me and I don't think somebody of his caliber is wanting to go out in that way. I definitely agree with you. I don't think he wants to go out that way. I think that he has a unique opportunity that a lot of greats don't or they do and they don't take it, which is he goes out while he's still playing at an incredibly high level. He's probably still like a top 10, top 15 player in the NBA. Yeah. Uh, and mm-hmm. top five. you can't top yeah. five. I mean, that's I fair. Give, I give him top five for, yeah. And it, it's yeah. like retirement is a Lakers guy. Just, no, he's, he's, also, he's got, dude just scored 40 points and played yeah. like yeah. his entire game. And didn't on a torn tendon. He didn't even take a shot in the second half, really. On I a mean, torn tendon. Okay, okay we're not bringing up this torn tendon excuse. Every time. Excuse, it is a injury. I do not want to hear that. Also, you saying you hate LeBron James when he gave your team two rings makes me sick. <laughs> yeah, okay. are you a Heat fan? Like, why do you I, hate LeBron James? I am a Heat fan. Okay, so I've explained this on the show before. Like, <laughs> let's say I'm in a very – 
toxic relationship for seven years. I finally get the courage to get out. And then you go have a have an amazing relationship, get engaged, get married. You got two rings on your finger and you're having the time of your life, living the best place ever. All your buddies, life is great. And you're like, nah, I'm going to go back to that toxic ex just because, you know, you're getting a little old and wrinkly. That's exactly what LeBron did. And he tried getting rid of Eric Spolstra. And if he if he ended up convincing Pat Riley to get rid of Eric Spolstra, then we don't have this heat run of the last 10 years on nothing. Probably the best active coach in the NBA today. Yes. Probably yep. is Eric Spolstra. I, I will is. definitely concede that. Um, and there's a gap, a large yeah, gap. There is. There, I mean, the ones that would have been underneath them have been fired, <laughs> you know, yeah. like the past like two or three weeks. So mm-hmm. Spol doing his thing, man. This heat team isn't supposed to be here. Like they're not even supposed to be where they are. Like it's, Jimmy Butler and a bunch of spare parts pretty much at this point because everyone's hurt except for Jimmy and Bam. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how they're doing this, to be honest. But if Jimmy doesn't have a playoff Jimmy type game like the other night, they're going to lose the game. They don't have enough to to, to win. Uh, back on the LeBron thing, uh, I think one thing – first of all, Spolstra – actually, this is not a LeBron thing. I think Spolstra is probably the greatest coach in the NBA. I think we still have to call into question the fact that, like, yes, they are there. He also has better pieces than a lot of great coaches, i.e. Greg Popovich, who's about to have one of the greatest pieces uh, coming up. But that's uh, you said active coaches, so, I mean, that's language there. Uh, and I think the thing with LeBron is he has a unique opportunity. If he leaves now, then there is that question of, like, what more could he be done? I do not think he's going to. I think he's still going to do four or five years. I think that press conference being right after that game, uh, like Carson said earlier, the Denver Nuggets will wear you down because they will make you lose faith in your team and your play because you do everything you can, you put it all on the line, and they still beat you. And I think that he'll probably change his mind. Also, the announcement of Melo's retirement, uh, like definitely, I think, took a toll on LeBron because yeah. he's kind of the last marker standing now, even though Melo wasn't playing. It's well, like they were great friends too. Yeah, the, the banana boat. Yeah, that whole group. But they're all mm-hmm. gone now except for LeBron. Let me blow your mind for a second here regarding uh, LeBron. Not only do I think LeBron James is going to retire – LeBron James decided he was going to retire before the season started. And this was going to be his last year. And this is why I think this. You got to remember the Lakers roster that they just ended with was not the roster they started with. They started off 2-10 and this season. They had Russell Westbrook on the team. They looked like they weren't going to make the playoffs. And they knew that going into the season that there wasn't a lot they could do with the roster at that time, right? The only thing this season LeBron really had to play for was the scoring record and breaking Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's record. It's the reason why he played this year, so he could break that record, so he could finally be at the table legitimately in the GOAT conversation or however way you want to put it. The problem is the Lakers traded off Westbrook. They finally found a way to do it, and they got him some pieces that are young so he could start thinking again about staying a couple more years and playing. Uh, He's already backed off the whole wanting to play with Bronny thing. He said uh, something I thought that was actually really profound. He's like, you know, I've been saying all this time I want to play with Bronny, for a year, but nobody's asked Bronny if he wants to play with me, you mm-hmm. know, which is which is a legit thing. And I think they've had that conversation in private. And I think Bronny was like, actually, no, I don't want to play with you. I don't want to play in your shadow. I want to be my own guy. So LeBron started thinking differently after that. Injuries the past three or four years. He's been injured three of the past four years he's been with the Lakers. And when he got asked that question, he had a response. It wasn't off the cuff. It, like he knew what he was going to say. LeBron James is a very calculated person. Like when he says something, he's been thinking about it for a while. And for him to talk about retirement, he's been thinking about retirement long before that question was asked to him. Same thing happened with Tom Brady. Tom Brady was being asked about retirement. He started answering those questions. He retired, changed his mind after 40 days, and then probably halfway through the season, wish he hadn't changed his mind. Yeah. Because once it's in your head, it's there. Like you've already halfway got your foot, you know, out the door. So, to me, it would it would take they have to figure out a way to keep uh, Austin Reeves, who I love, uh, and Rui Hachimura. Mm-hmm. And if they figure out a way to bring in Kyrie Irving, I think he'll stay for one more year. If they can't figure that out, he's going to be gone. Oh, and another thing, too, his film crew has been filming him all year long on the sidelines, like a behind the scenes, like a last dance type thing they got going on. They haven't said a word about what they're doing. They're filming something. I think they're I think they were trying to film LeBron's last season. Wow. And that would be something. It's like if you're leaving a job and you're starting to apply places, if you're already like mentally out the door, then you're, you're checked out and you know, you're done and you can't keep going beyond that. Carson, 
Is this the last visual we get of LeBron James on NBA court? I don't think so. I think that that was more of a hint for maybe two years in the future, maybe next year. I think that we'll see him play at least one more game because I don't think that he wants to go out the way that he did. Um, LeBron James loves to control the narrative, and that's what he's doing right now. Uh, he, people, he, People's eyes are on him right now. Nobody is talking about the Nuggets or the Heat or the Celtics. Everybody is saying, what's LeBron going to do? And that's how he's had it since since he was 15 years old. Uh, so he's just controlling the narrative. I think he comes back for a year, maybe two years. Um, but a lot of guys say they're going to leave the game when, when they feel like they can't play at the highest level anymore. And LeBron is still doing that. But with this injury on his foot, he said he might need surgery. Uh, we'll have to see how that goes. I think that when he feels that he can't play this game at a certain standard anymore, which is just greatness, that he'll leave. And it's interesting, too. I feel like we all have different perspectives on how this LeBron saga goes. Henry, mm-hmm. thinking maybe a few more years in the tank. Dez is like, he's done, son. Carson's like, yeah, maybe one more year. But I'm starting to think, like, he could retire right now and you know be okay and take a year off. Rehab your body. He's always taking care of his body oh. and stayed in shape. And then when his son comes into the NBA, have the conversation of, do I team up with my son or am I okay letting him be his own guy, but just playing one season to where he and I can face off on the court against each other and have that moment. So it's like letting Bronny be his own guy. If Bronny decides to leave USC after one year, which I wouldn't recommend or having him as a teammate. See, okay, there's a couple things like wrong, like with this whole scenario. Not with you, not with your point, but just the whole thing. The thing that bothers me the most about this, it's not, and just from hearing the three of you and, and what you think he might do, what I hear is not what you guys think he might do, but what you hope he does. And there's a difference, like, because deep down, you don't want to see the NBA without LeBron James. Like, it's already going to be weird to have another June without LeBron playing. We're so, we're so in tune to expecting him to be there either to root for him or to hate him, that he's he's not going to be there. And we don't know what's coming after him. He came right after Jordan retired. So it went right from Jordan to Kobe to LeBron pretty much. We don't know what's next after this, so it's kind of scary. So when I hear people talk about, oh, he's not going to retire, he's not going to do this or that, he just played his 20th season. Yeah. Like, what's left for him to do? Like, he, he can't play thinking he's going to win titles at this point of his career. Uh, that might be the furthest he goes if he comes back. And – we're assuming Bronny is going to be a, a one and done. He's not. He's not a one and done player. He's a good player. He's a good solid player, but he's not his dad. He's not going to be so good. He can just leave after one year, and a whole franchise puts their whole like future in the fact that well, if we sign this kid, we can get forty two year old LeBron James to play for us for a year. Right. It's crazy. Like it's no team is going to do that. And like and even though he put it out there, I don't see it happening. So I think once he realized that, he started entertaining retirement. And it's not like the man is hurting for money. He's got a lifetime Nike deal. He mm-hmm. literally has production company pumping out projects. All There's something about to come on, I think, Hulu, like next week, uh, about him and his friends and how they built all this stuff, Rich Paul and all those guys. They He's been meticulously planning this for a couple of years. Uh, and the only thing I can see him coming back for, he he's due like $48 million or something next year because he still have a, a year left on the extension he signed. He may come back for that. But, again, he don't need the money, so – I, I, I don't know. I just hear that. I hear I hear people saying that, and it makes me feel like they're saying, well, this is what we hope happens, as opposed to what logically could probably go down. Well, you also think, Des, you know, who, who's LeBron have to think about his financial stability? Michael Jordan. If I can throw out that, mm-hmm. because Michael Jordan changed the game with the shoe deal. You know, we learned a lot about that during the Air movie that – released in theaters a few weeks ago. It's on Prime. By the way, yeah. told you, good movie. I was right. I wasn't out of pocket for that one. No, it was really good. It was really good. Um, But also, like, you know, you said LeBron, you know, came in the league right after Jordan retired. Who's in the NBA draft this year? Victor Wembanyama. Now, does he reach that kind of caliber that LeBron or Jordan had? Probably not, 
But if you hear a lot of these guys like LeBron, Giannis, KD, Steph, Trey, all these guys are saying this kid, Wimbenyama, is the real deal, and he could be that next guy to be in there uh, coming up. Will Coble says, I feel like LeBron does a farewell tour. I don't, I don't think he does. I think this was the farewell tool, tour. Like, I don't think he would do a Coach K type of, you know, this is it. This is the last year. This is the last chance to see me. Like, I don't think LeBron would do that. You know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't, doesn't really vibe with what he's about. Um, Henry, you gave the thumbs down for that one. Well, I know. I totally agree with Des there. Like, first of all, even if he wanted to do, like if he had it in his brain to do this farewell tour where he goes to every city and makes them like applaud him and like look at him like he's some god uh, when he's 41. uh, And then he just does what Coach K did, which was have one of the greatest flop seasons of all time in his final year. Yep. And it makes him look so much worse. People don't really like, unless you're a Duke fan, they don't talk about Coach K as with such like, I don't know what the word is. It's like, uh, in in the godly sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like they used to, especially after the one. T- like I mean, everybody knew when they were watching that NCAA game that if Carolina, this Carolina team, nobody thought would get anywhere really, uh, beat him in Duke and Carolina's only matchup in the NCAA tournament history. Then it would be it. You couldn't. You couldn't really have a question of, uh, like how like he could be the greatest of all time with Paolo Bancaro, and lose to that team. Look, another thing too that LeBron does, he drops breadcrumbs. Do y'all remember earlier this year a reporter asked him about ownership, and he was like, "Yeah, I'd love to bring a team to Vegas." That's what he wants to do. He wants. To, he wants to. If he wants to follow the Jordan footsteps, he can become the second African American owner. In NFL, an NBA history by bringing an expansion team to Las Vegas. They're already building a stadium for the for the A's. They already have the Raiders. That's going to be the spot where they send some team. Why not LeBron do that? And to the Bronny question, instead of playing with him, how about go play for him? How about go play for your dad as opposed to playing alongside a forty-two-year-old LeBron? How about go play for him as the owner of the Las Vegas Blazers or whatever it'll end up being. Las, Las Vegas Blazers. Also, Henry, how dare you bring up the Coach K losing yes. to UNC yes. when that wasn't in the script? That wasn't in nothing. Nice. I I tried stacking this panel of Duke fans. Carson wearing the Coach <laughs> K shirt. I appreciate you. Me wearing some Duke. Look, Henry, that was out of pocket. You might out of pocket. Just, yeah, we're we're going to put you on suspension probation. Huh. <laughs> it was great. I'm a Tar Heel born. That's all I can say. Uh, I, I'm sorry, but we we all saw the game. You saw it. I did. Yeah, that wasn't a failure, by the way. He, I mean, it was a not a great season season for Duke standards, but they made it to the Final Four. They hung a like that's a banner that is being hung hung in this. Like they don't want, that, they don't, that's they don't not a failure. Banner. They don't want to hang that banner. Hey, they, they, they do not want to be reminded that they got they to that Final Four and lost to Carolina. They, they, that, yeah, that they did. All right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> let's, go to, let's go to break. I'm not taking this anymore. Um, we're, we're going to find out where DeAndre Hopkins is going after the Arizona Cardinals released him right before the show went on air today. And we're going to talk about some banners, champions hanging up this weekend in the wrestling world when we come back on the Alpocalypse with Michael Davis on Tobacco Road Sports Radio and WWBG 1470 AM. Keep staying with us on Facebook and YouTube Live. Interact with us, and we'll be right back after the break. Panther fans, right now on the SiriusXM app, hear the most in-depth Carolina Panthers coverage anywhere with Believe in Carolina Panthers, part of the Believe Podcast Network on SiriusXM. Hear from me, Desmond Johnson, and my co-host, Skylar Callahan from Sports Illustrated, and Panther great Jonathan Stewart as we break down the Panthers before and after every game through the NFL season. Your team, your podcast. Search B-L-E-A-V in Carolina Panthers on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you believe? 
Are you concerned that if you passed away today, that your family would be left in a financial bind? Are you concerned that your nest egg is quickly eroding in the stock market? Do you want life insurance, but confused about how to get it and if you would qualify? That's where I come in. My name is Terry Edwards with Secure Financial Partners, and I've been helping families over the last 20 years ensure the things that matter most, your life, your health, and your wealth. Give me a call today, Terry Edwards, 336-416-8327. Again, that's 336-416-8327. Your legacy is worth the call. So where exactly can you hear Tobacco Road Sports Radio? Oh, in North Carolina, Curtisville, Salisbury, you know what I'm saying, Burlington. I, 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 I didn't bring you Greensboro, Charlotte. For the best in live sports debate, live sporting events, and more, tune in to Tobacco Road Sports Radio. TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. Archdale! You are locked into Tobacco Road Sports Radio, your home for triad sports. And you know this, man. Welcome back to Out Pocket with Michael Davis on Tobacco Road Sports Radio, tobaccoroadsportsradio.com, WWBG 1470 AM as part of your TGI Friday lineup. We're also live on Facebook and YouTube. You guys have been interacting, engaging with us. We thank you guys so much. Shout Ethan, shout Caleb, shout Ramel, Will, Zach, Shelby, everybody, Pam. Like, I'm losing count on how many people have been watching the show live with us, engaging with us each and every week. Uh, I think we've been live for about a month now, and this is about, I think, a year in time to where I guess hosted the score for Brett Wiseman, also live. It was me, Desmond Johnson, and Jackson Cordray, and now a year later, we got out of pocket live with Michael Davis. Brett's thriving as a uh, play-by-play announcer for Carolina Thunderbirds right now. So a great job, yeah. Dude, like, Brett, Brett's doing phenomenal work right now and i'm i'm super proud of him and des thank you so much for letting him have the opportunity and then letting me have the opportunity and i know that's going to keep moving forward yeah man uh that's what tobacco road was built on so uh i I love what brett's doing he actually went viral earlier in the year got on sports center uh doing his thing man so brett's always part of the tobacco road family and uh just we're just excited as what's going to be happening going forward so yeah, there, there's there's some big stuff in the pipeline for Tobacco Road Sports Radio moving forward. And there was some breaking news uh, coming into today's show, and we're welcoming in Zach Colburn. Zach, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Michael. How about you? I, I'm, I would be doing better if that banner wasn't hanging behind you in the background, if our uh, Facebook and YouTube viewers are looking. <laughs> uh, it's the wrong color just entirely. I put it up. Ju- I put it up just for you guys. I figure, you know, you know. I mean, I've been a big Boston fan since I was a little kid. I mean, my family was all from the New England area. My dad was a huge Celtics fan. So, and you know, they're in a chance of doing something very Boston-like right now. Well, there's a reason we didn't have you on the basketball segment is because <laughs> I didn't want to hear any of that. Didn't want Dustin Shoe back on this week. You know, last week it was okay. This week, not so much. Uh, Dustin Shoe did great work last week. Uh, he's part of the Devil's Den podcast. But Zach, DeAndre Hopkins was released by the Arizona Cardinals like an hour before we went on air today. And I'm kind of just taken aback like they didn't get to trade him there he's been releasing and pick his team is there a team that sticks out to you where he could land maybe the panthers yeah uh, i could see the panthers considering the route they're going with you know a new young quarterback i mean he's you know he pretty much was there the first couple of years that Kyler murray was in arizona but one that really caught my eye that i've been hearing about basically since before he got released was oddly enough new england patriots I mean, you think about it. His, his OC used to be his head coach in Texas. They weren't exactly on the best, you know, best terms. But you think about it. Bill Belichick's had a track record of getting questionable wide receivers to play for him, and somehow managed to get them working a system, with the exception of maybe Antonio Brown. That was a Boston Homer pick, if I've ever heard one. De- Des, are you uh, 
Are you expecting DeAndre Hopkins to land somewhere around this vicinity? Uh, depends on how much it costs. Um, he's not getting. He's not getting thirty million. He's not going to get twenty. Um, he'll probably have to do a one-year prove-it type deal with some place. He's thirty. He's been injury riddled the past three or four years. I, Carolina does need to kick the tires on it, um, but they may be pretty happy with what they have in the wide receiver room right now. It's there's not a number one in there, but there's a lot of number twos in there. So I, I feel like they might. I wouldn't surprise me if they do sign uh, D Hop. Uh, he's from the area, uh, so he might take a team-friendly deal to come in for a season. Um, I don't know how he feels about playing with rookie quarterbacks though. So that might be an issue, but he put out a thing saying the thing, the things he'd look for in a team. I think I retweeted it earlier. Uh, he wants to find a team that's got stability at quarterback, stability, at the offensive line and a good defense. And I'm like, okay, so you want to go to a Super Bowl contender <laughs> pretty much like you want to go someplace that's going to win 12, 13, 14 games, which is fine. You don't want to go to a team that doesn't. So I don't know. We'll keep an eye on it, but, um, I would think, I would think Carolina would be in the running. Well, D-Hop, he's been Houston, and he's been Arizona, and he hadn't had much luck in regards to a team competing year in and year out for a Super Bowl or even like a deep playoff run, if a playoff run at all. And, of course, he listed out, you know, Jalen Hurts with the Eagles, Pat Mahomes with the Chiefs, Herberts with the Chargers. Like, he listed out those types of guys, Josh Allen with the Bills. But if you're telling me, you know, good quarterback – you're telling me offensive line, stability in the front office, defense. I know he might have said something, but the Dallas Cowboys would not be a bad team. Hear me out. Okay. CD Lamb is the clear cut number one. Okay. After that, it's like Michael Gallup, it's Brandon Cooks. You know, there's there's just like a little instability right there. And Dallas still hasn't replaced Amari Cooper with the route running and everything. And if you're Dallas and, you know, you want to take that next level, then, you know, obviously we don't have Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott was a shell of his former self the last two, three years anyways. They haven't replaced him. Pollard isn't going to be able to carry the load, you know, two, three, four hundred times this season all by himself. You know, put D Hop on the outside. It extends Pollard's career. It gets CD Lamb open. And again, Des, you mentioned if he wants to compete for a championship, then he doesn't need to take twenty or thirty million a year. I didn't think about the Cowboys. That's actually interesting. And that sounds like a Cowboys signing. That sounds like a, a big splash type thing that they would do. Um, hmm, that's interesting, huh? Yeah, yeah, I could see that happen. Actually, probably. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I hate the typical like, oh, let's just throw this star on the Cowboys because he's a big name and the Cowboys are a big name. It actually starts to make sense once you break it down, or at least I say so because none of my takes are out of pocket. But we, we got to cut into some of this uh, wrestling stuff because it's a big weekend. We have the Drop the Mic Wrestling podcast on Wednesday afternoons. Didn't get to do that had a few days off which you know i was very appreciative of there's two events there's wwe's night champions there's AEW's double or nothing and for wwe night champions roman reigns is celebrating a thousand days as champion right now uh as of today as the universal champion he also holds the wwe title they had to make an entirely separate new world title that's going to be crowned this weekend Zach, are you leaning more Seth Rollins or AJ Styles with that one? Honestly, I'm kind of leaning a little more towards Seth Rollins because you think about it. You want to put a big name on a new champion. I mean, you think about it. Universal Championship. You put it on a guy like Finn Balor who then gets hurt and losing to Seth Rollins. This is almost very, very long-term storytelling where you know he missed out on one championship to christen a new championship but now has opportunity. And I could, I could also see AJ Styles, but I feel like AJ Styles, he wants to run at that WWE title again because that's the one that he made big back in the you know mid to late 2010s. I mean, Seth Rollins, you think about it, he's held every t- major title except I think maybe the US Championship. And no, he can sit. He had the US. Remember, he had them both at the same time. Uh, oh, that's right, 2015. Right, 2015. Yeah, yeah thank, thanks, Des. Mm-hmm. And you think about him and Roman Reigns, I mean, both coming into S.H.I.E.L.D. Early on, after they broke up, Seth was the bigger star for the longest time. Roman 
basically hadn't be hadn't been his yard yet. It didn't become his yard until about I'd say five years ago after he beat the younger Undertaker, and then you know comes back in you know, 2020 height of the pandemic and comes out as a tribal chief and the, basically says, "This is my table now." <laughs> the ones. You gotta raise it up, and Des, you've you've always been adamant about Triple H using factions, using stables to help build up the card. And looking at AJ Styles, he's on SmackDown with the OC. Roman Reigns is on SmackDown with the Bloodline as long as they stay intact after this weekend potentially. Do you think that it makes more sense for AJ challenge Roman after this weekend? Um, hmm. if he loses, you mean? Like if he loses. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because it'll be on SmackDown. I believe that's why they've got the OC over there. Um, although I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule out them moving the OC back to Raw if AJ wins. Like I think everyone's kind of looking at it like Seth's going to win because AJ got drafted to SmackDown. There's no rule that says they can't just send him right back to Raw. Like I mean, it, so I, I, it could be that to do that though. AJ would probably have to have a heel turn. I think because um, right now he's kind of playing a face. Uh, actually, the whole OC is. So I would, I would imagine he'll probably stay on SmackDown. And I would imagine that will probably be Roman's next uh, opponent, maybe SummerSlam. Maybe they'll set up a Roman Reigns, AJ Styles program, which would be pretty good. He's one of the few that uh, hasn't lost Reigns, I think. Uh, him, Well, him and Rollins, actually, uh, which is why I feel like this belt's not like a secondary belt because of who they picked to, to fight for it. Because AJ and Seth are the, the two that have not lost to Roman. So it's not like it's a consolation prize for them. And I watched uh, on Peacock last night, there's this uh, thing about the lineage of the NWA World Heavyweight title. It's like an hour long. It only goes up to 2009, but it takes you through all these champions and how that belt's gone through all these different promotions and everything else. And if I'm not mistaken, this belt's supposed to take that same lineage, like the one the big gold belt did from 2002 on. So having that belt, is it's going to be a big deal, which is why I think Triple H reintroduced it. When we finally got the World Heavyweight title back, it doesn't look exactly how it did in a lot of people's eyes. And as you can see, well, I grew up on that undisputed WWE championship in the background. I like it. I like the design of it now. I mean, the more I look at it, I'm like, that's pretty hot. I like that. So, I don't know. I'm excited for that match. It was always one of my favorite belts because, I mean, that it was around that time that I started getting into WWE back in, like, 2000, like, early. It's probably late 2005. I think when I started getting big into it, they had – John Cena had just changed over to the spinner belt. So, and then of course, you know, Batista was world heavyweight champion at the time. Now we only got a couple more minutes before we got to get out of here and continue our TGI Friday lineup. So I got to ask you guys, there's WWE nine champions. There's AEW double or nothing. You can pick from any card, but what match do you expect to steal the show or what big moment announcement blockbuster event happens this weekend? Zach, I'll start with you. Hmm. That's a good one. I mean, there's so many matches that I'm big into. One that surprises me is the Adam Cole-Chris Jericho match from Double or Nothing. You think about it. Chris, Adam Cole, you know, he's got Roderick Strong. Where's Kyle O'Reilly? I mean, I feel like, you know, he's been injured, but I feel like is this the time that he makes his return back and they start back, you know, three quarters of the Undisputed Era, but in this version of AEW? But another one that's very intriguing to me, too, also from Double or Nothing, is Aaron National Championship. Does Orange Cassidy retain? I mean, this is a, you know, you go to Double or Nothing. I mean, this is a very, very stacked deck against him. And AW always delivers on the card. Des, what do you expect from this weekend? Uh, Brock and Cody. Um, everyone keeps asking, why is this program even happening? Brock's never even explained why he's attacking Cody. I think we're going to find out at Night of Champions. Um and my theory, and you saw it online earlier, Mike, I think Triple H is behind the whole thing. I think Triple H basically hired Brock as an, uh, a mercenary for hire to basically try to take Cody out. They're going to use all this storyline that's sitting right in front of their face from Cody leaving, trying to start an upside promotion, them going up against Triple H's baby NXT on Wednesday nights. They're going to they're gonna get in all – that's going to be Triple H's speech on Monday or whatever. Like, this is why I did what I did. And they're going to have a rubber match after this, probably at SummerSlam, but I expect Brock to win. Uh, probably with interference from Triple H. Yeah, my take, too, is Brock Lesnar wins this match. I wouldn't be surprised. And keep keep an eye on the tag team match, Roman Reigns, Solo Sokoa, you know, challenging Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. I feel like the Usos, and you saw it on the Drop the Mic Wrestling Instagram reel, 
I feel like the Usos are going to cost Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa the tag match, and there's going to be some bad blood in the bloodline. But that will be it for Al Pocket and Michael Davis this Friday afternoon as part of your TGI Friday lineup. Thank you so much, Desmond Johnson, for producing. Thanks, Zach, Carson, Henry, popping in for the show. Uh, you can catch the whole replay on our YouTube channel on Tobacco Road Sports Radio YouTube channel. But, guys, we, let's enjoy a great weekend of wrestling, and we will see you guys next week.